Hello, Sobertown. Welcome to the Sobertown podcast. Let's jump on that sober train and ride right into the incredible, wonderful world of sobriety. Real quick, I want to mention SobertownPodcast.com. We have an amazing website that has tons of resources where you can go in there and find a way for you to get sober and build your own sober recovery system, become the architect of your own recovery. And I want to mention Silvertown Facebook group. We have a small community that's growing. Of course, I want to mention the I Am Silver app where so many of us met. And boom, rethink the drink. Getting sober dot, dot, dot again. This naked mind, there's so many sober communities out there where you can find a way to get sober. So come over to the website. We have all that listed. And start your sober journey. This morning, we have a very dear friend of mine. In fact, I met her in the sober community of This Naked Mind, and she welcomed me into that community a couple years ago. And I have this morning with me Fluffy. Good morning, Fluffy. Good morning, Drifter. How are you feeling this morning? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Seems like a long time ago that we met, although, you know, not that long ago, you know, when we think about it in, in other ways. So, yeah, we met in This Naked Mind. That was my third serious attempt at getting sober. Always been a drinker. Started drinking when I was about 14. There was definitely signs there that it was going to be a problem for me but I didn't, I didn't take any notice of them. I mean, uh, I met my husband. We were both big drinkers and we would go out most weekends and to make the night last longer, we would make each other sick so we could go back in the bar and carry on drinking even more and not have too bad a hangover the next day. That should have told me something, but it didn't. We married, carried on drinking until, well, I I, carry, I carried on drinking through my first pregnancy because I had so many false negative results that when they finally confirmed that I was pregnant, I was already 20 weeks. So stupidly, I thought, well, any damage that I've done, I've done. So I carried on drinking, probably not as excessive but still drank. Once my daughter arrived, things did settle down a bit. Money was tight, but then Hubs decided he was going to have a go at home brew. So there was always beer. I liked barley wine in my day. <laughs> and he made a lovely barley wine. So, And that's pretty strong beer, ale, whatever you want to call it. So that was always in the house. It it wasn't a big problem then. I could put it aside. But it was it was escalating. I never drank responsibly, never drank one or two, just couldn't couldn't do that. And then as the children got older, I did stop drinking when I had my son. So that was something. But again, it was always something that I went back to. When the kids were growing up, 
I worked evenings, so obviously I didn't drink then, but I was off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I drank every night over the weekend. Because we were the only couple with children, everybody came to us. So, you know, it was always a house fault. People were, you know, they came to us, they brought beer, brought vodka, you know, and they never took it home. So there was always something to drink. I then decided I was going to take myself off to university in, two, no, 1994. And I graduated in 97 and got a job and quite a, you know, a good job. I'd done all sorts of odd jobs before, but this was, you know, quite a decent salary. So I could afford to drink again. And drinking became a regular thing after work. You know, it was a new job, a new responsibility. I was, you know, it was a a new career as well. My qualification was in biology, but I was working for a a pharmaceutical company as an analyst in the lab. So, you know, quite a bit of responsibility and and an awful lot to learn and, and take in. So it was quite stressful. And the drinking gradually increased. It was it was getting out of control. My family were noticing that, as I say, every family occasion, my drinking was excessive. I I was getting to be an embarrassment for them. So there wasn't a trigger or anything that prompted me to look to get sober other than having a blood test done and having high liver enzymes so high that they decided a detox and that was in 2015. That was, uh, it was quite heavy going. To do the detox, I had to have a responsible person, which was my husband. He's always supported me. And I had to go daily for a check-in and I was breathalysed every day. To to carry on with the programme, you had to be sober. If you, you know, if you came in and you got a positive reading, even a small positive reading, then they discontinued your programme. So, you know, that was, I, I felt shameful because, you know, it was, it, I wasn't sure that I would be able to, to do it for a start. <laughs> But yeah, there was a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stigma. You know, who would see me? You know, it's local to me. Who would see me going in through the door? Was I going to bump into anybody that knew me? So there was that as well. But yeah, I successfully did the detox. My husband was my responsible person. It was a week detox. And I managed to stay sober for six months. Felt absolutely brilliant. Started getting my confidence back. I'm not the most confident driver in the world, but I was driving to and from my daughters on my own, which is a big thing for me. And, you know, I was feeling pretty good in myself. Work was better, less stressful. But then one day I'd I'd come back from my daughters and I don't know why, the whole drive home, I was thinking about drinking and it, I wasn't 
feeling down I you know I wasn't you know my emotions weren't extreme I wasn't extremely happy and I wasn't extremely sad but the, the thought was there and I drank and because I was doing it on my own I didn't have any support I just carried on there you know I, I didn't have community I didn't have any sober tools so I floundered and my drinking gradually got worse my drinking started when I was drinking weekends. It was probably two litres of cider each night. By the time I was working in the analyst role, I'd progressed to wine. And by the time I started drinking after the detox, it was wine and then it progressed to vodka. And I was feeling pretty rough. I had many nights where I slept sitting up, holding my husband's hand because I felt I was, you know, going to be sick and asphyxiating my sleep. Most days started with me throwing up. I had my sick bowl that lived under the bed. And, you know, it, it was just, it was no life. Alcohol had consumed me. So I started looking around, found this naked mind. I did the classic search, am I an alcoholic? <laughs> you know, what can I do? And found this naked mind. Well, I actually found the 30-day alcohol experiment first. Signed up for that. I had the book as well. So I was doubling down on it. I was doing the work online and I was reading the chapter in the book at home before I started. So you know, I was, I was, I was all in. But the first time I didn't manage to get the consecutive 30 days. So I started again, got to 60 days the second time. And again, I don't know what happened, but I chose to drink, went off the rails for a couple of weeks, probably. But because I had the community and because I had connection, folks reached out and said, you know, where are you, Fluffy? Are you all right, Fluffy? So I had a way of getting back, which I think is really important. You know, you can you, you can have a slip. And if nobody checks on you, I think you give yourself permission to carry on going. Whereas if somebody checks on you, it's it's it makes it a bit easier to come back to the community and get going again. So that's what I did. I was absolutely petrified joining the community. You know, I'd not done anything like that before. I wasn't a social media person. I'm not, I'm a bit technically challenged as it is. <laughs> but I joined there and Andy, Andy North Carolina or NC welcomed me. And to this day, I can't thank him enough. He made me feel welcome. And because I felt so frightened taking that step, I decided that I was going to do a welcome post and try and welcome most people coming into the community. Let's, let's explain for those that don't know, this is a virtual community. Yeah. This isn't like an in-person, it's virtual and... There's really yeah. hundreds or thousands of people here, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a big community. It's it's online. It's it's you know typing messages that type of thing. People of different backgrounds, different levels of you know different amounts of sobriety. Some long term, some you know new people coming in. So yeah, so I thought I'll put together a welcome post to try and make it easier for folks coming in and trying to be a point of contact, just, you know, so people knew that, you know, somebody had seen their post, seen that they joined and that they weren't alone because this can be a lonely journey. And when we find our people, you know, there's a lot of joy to be found. Yeah. So, and that's where we met. <laughs> and back then, you didn't have your picture on there, Fluffy. No. You had this big, like, round ball avatar or whatever it was. Yeah. Right? Were you hesitant in the beginning to, like, put your picture up? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was still hanging on to a lot of shame, I think. And I think shame is one of the big emotions that we struggle with getting sober. We we don't know if we're going to be able to do it. And, you know, shame was something I definitely struggled with. But being in a community with other folks, you know, with the same struggles, with the same emotions, definitely helped yeah, there's something to be said for sober communities. There's a real bond there. You know, it it's it's incredible the the amount of support that you can get from a sober community. I'd actually joined I Am Sober, but I didn't realise that there was a community attached to it. I was just using it as a you know as pledging my sober days which I found incredibly helpful, very motivating. I'd encourage anybody to, you know, do their daily pledge early in their journey because to see that number grow and to, and to be able to look at your progress and look at how your moods are affected, it's, it's a really powerful tool. You know, something so simple as just clicking and saying, I'm going to stay sober today is so powerful. So, yeah. I know a little bit about your story. And while you were getting sober, there, you went through a lot of hard times. And maybe that's kind of the reason why there was so much shame. Because even at one point, your daughter wasn't going to let you see your grandkids, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'd 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 help my daughter a lot with the first grandchild, grandson. I helped her with both of them to be to be fair. But the first one, my daughter struggled. She's a career girl and she really struggled with the upheaval that a new baby brings to your life. So I was down there most weekends. At first, I was drinking and it was acceptable, although she would say to me, I would always buy one bottle of wine and two of the little ones. And she would say to me, do you really need those two little ones? And I used to get a bit bit defensive because, you know, I didn't want my drinking questioned <laughs> like we all don't want our drinking questioned. 
But I, I then did the detox and I was still helping out. So, I, and then when I fell back, I was drinking in secret there. And my son-in-law used the bedroom that I slept in as the home office and happened to go into the wardrobe and I'd got an open can of ready-mixed gin and tonic. And to be fair to him, he picked it up out of the bag and brought it downstairs and said to my daughter, you know, I found this in the wardrobe. So that was, again, a bit shameful. My daughter gave me the ultimatum that she didn't want me drinking around the grandson, quite rightly so. So I I didn't drink around the grandsons. It was hard. The drive home, that's the thing I'd be thinking about all the time, driving home. But yeah, she she gave me the ultimatum that if, you know I carried on drinking, then she would have to stop me seeing the grandsons because she said I don't I don't want that around the boys because I I I drank to oblivion. Once I'd started, I couldn't control my drinking to a responsible level. So you know I I. I wouldn't have been able to look after them on my own and and be responsible, you know, if they had a fall or, you know, I wouldn't have been any help whatsoever. So, yeah, that was a bit of a wake-up call. And then, as I say, the the blood test and the the high enzyme results prompted the the detox. So, you see, yeah, so I, I... think that sort of takes us up to where we met unless you can think of anything else you want to ask me about that time well I really want to get into all that you've been doing since you've gotten sober because not only did you welcome me into the this naked mind community but fluffy you welcomed hundreds of people in into that community and you were just it's like you never slept (laughs) like you were there 24 hours a day encouraging other people so kind of tell us about that drive yeah I'm not I'm not a big poster about me and, and my journey most of my posts about me were if I was struggling and reaching out and I'd encourage anybody to do that because you know reaching out is a strength it's not a weakness but yeah, I you know, I put together this welcome post with a few different links on it. One was Dear Day One Person Letter, which was a, a good read. Claire Pooley's The Obstacle Course was another link. At one time we had a link to Sobertown Podcast as well. So yeah, it was it was just some information for folks to have a read up on when they first joined, help them collect their thoughts and, as I say, be a point of contact. Once I get my teeth into something, I'm quite a passionate person. That's that's my my drive. But but the the drive helps helps me. Being involved in the community helps me. It reminds me that um, I've got to be vigilant. I can't, I can't get too comfortable because if I get too comfortable, I take my foot off the gas and 
you know, those thoughts creep in and get a little stronger. So, yeah, that's the drive. And I, I, I wanted people to be able to feel comfortable, not have that fear that that I felt joining. So, yeah, that was sort of the thinking behind it, just a point of contact, letting folks know that they weren't alone. And then so, you would give them some tools to start yeah, the journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as I say, the links had some tools in there. I, I tried to comment on most folks' posts as well as encouragement because this, this is tough, what we're doing. And I think everybody responds to a bit of encouragement. You know, we could be feeling, you know, pretty bleh. And, you know, that those thoughts could be creeping in. And you could leave a comment on somebody's post and it changed their day, you know, and, and make a difference. And, and I, don't, I don't want to be cocky and think that, you know, it's me making the difference. You know, I'm only, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it to help me as well. But, yeah, I like, I like to be involved. I like to support people. Working, I was always a, a team player. I, I, you know, I like being in touch with with folks. So, and then yeah. a few of you got together, and you started a Zoom doing Zooms. Yeah, yeah. I think I was coming up to a year sober, and one of the newer girls, CJ, on this Naked Mind was talking about putting together some some zooms and she asked myself and Lightbulb to be involved so yeah we used to do just one night one Saturday it was Saturday evening for me a zoom and they were reasonably successful and again another tool valuable tool to get together it's, it's a bit more intimate than the you know the written word actually seeing folks and speaking to them. Yeah, yeah, so we, so we started that off. And then that, that, that was, <clears throat> I think we'd done that for about a year. And you were building Sobertown Podcast and were thinking of setting up a Facebook group. And you said to me, would you come over? <laughs> and it was at the right time. I was feeling a bit stagnant I think I'd done all I could do at this naked mind I I still passionate about that community and uh, you know all the tools and resources there it helped me get sober you know I I can't deny that I did leave on bad terms but that's fine I won't say that they didn't help me because they did so, yeah, you said to me about Sobertown Facebook group. So I came over there and, uh, yeah, and we're still plodding along. Fluffy, I had seen you over the last couple of years welcome people into this Naked Mind community around the clock, nonstop, like, like a machine. <laughs> and as we were building Sobertown Facebook group, I was like, can you come over here? fluffy and help us over here since then uh we have six zooms a week but three of those zooms you you manage those three zooms 
and you're just you're so faithful nobody's getting paid over here everything's volunteer work and you show up week after week day after day and and you're you're there to support people so i i just really thank you for everything that you're doing over here with us so you kind of were feeling flat at this naked mind and then you jumped over here to sober town facebook group and also you're with boom rethink to drink you're in their community yeah. with wingy over there that's another amazing sober community. Here's the cool thing, Fluffy. If one community doesn't fit somebody, go to another one. Find a community. Absolutely. Find your people and get sober. So tell us a little bit about how all that's impacted you. It's It's been a lifeline. It, it really has been a lifeline. I don't think I can stress <clears throat> how important a community is. There's just such a strong bond with folks. You know, we, we say we all get it, and we do all get it. You, you don't have to explain <clears throat> in any great detail. You know, you can just reach out and say, I'm struggling, and people get it, and people are there, you know, with a comment, with some suggestions, with some encouragement, with some love. You know, and just having somebody respond to you is a big thing. You know, we could be feeling very alone and those comments, as I say, can make the difference, you know, in somebody's day, in my day. But, but yeah, I, I was, as I say, feeling a bit flat. I think I'd sort of, I, I needed a new challenge. I needed, you know, to sort of reignite my passion for my sobriety I was you know I was definitely needing an, another challenge so as I say Sobertown came along at just the right time for me and again you know it's it's another you know different people that I've I've not met before and you know getting getting to know folks there getting to know folks from the IAS community so, you know, I, I, I'm i not attending as many Zooms now, but, you know, I try and pop into the ladies to keep in touch with those there, pop along to the Sober Squad, the mixed gender ones. And recently I've been to the art party ones with Steph a couple of times. So, yeah. And boom, I've been a member there for about two two years or more and again that that's a, a vibrant community there's a lot of information there if you if you like articles to do with sobriety and you like reading about sobriety that's a good good community to tap into there's a lot of information there booze musings is part of their community is the owner and creator of boom and she is brilliant and what she's put together is there's hundreds i think last time i looked at booze musings there was over 800 articles and i know it's grown since then because that was over a year yeah. ago yeah. to where anything that you want to learn about alcohol they have an article on yeah so yeah. boom rethink the drink amazing community it is a vibrant and amazing community too 
Yeah, yeah. It is, as I say, tons and tons of information there. And again, you know, a really friendly community. Uh, so much like all of the sober communities, you know, there's there's a, you know a lot of friendship there. You know, I'm still in touch with a lot of folks from this Naked Mind. You know, privately away from the community. But I think I think those strong friendships that you make early on, and I think it's the they're the key ones when you're new to sobriety. Find your tribe, find those folks that you identify with, that you feel comfortable sharing with, because because they you know they can be a great strength for you, and you to them. Um, Fluffy, I call that a sober crew. Build a sober crew. Find yeah. find a group of people that you can all get along with. And usually, like when you look at the I Am Sober app, usually people are coming through with the, the same timeline. Like if they've yeah. been a week sober, they're all around the same time getting sober. And then through their journey, they, they keep encouraging one another. And it's very powerful. Yeah, yeah, that's what I liked about I Am Sober, that you're grouped according to Milestone, which is, you know, a good way, a good way to do it, because you are, you're, you're in touch with the folks that are going through the same as you at exactly the same time. And that, that can be powerful. Sober buddies are powerful. And if you can team up with somebody early on and have that special sober buddy my special sober buddy is rose from this naked mind and we met early in our sobriety she's a day ahead of me and we didn't we didn't know this until we were celebrating our first month sober and she messaged me to say i'm nearly a month sober and she's she really struggled to get a foothold and she'd reached out to me a couple of times before and I as I say I didn't know that she'd made a start and ironically I'd had my slip and I'd got you know got back up and started again and uh, yeah there's just a day difference between us so you know we've been a great support for each other really you know really special friendship shared shared an awful lot and as I say that's that's what community gives you those special relationships to I, I know I can't do this on my own I tried and you know I managed six months and then fell on flat on my face and because I didn't have a community because I didn't have the sober tools you know it took me a long time to get back up and running again so yeah and then on with the Sobertown Facebook group, for anybody that joins Sobertown Facebook group, you welcome everybody that's coming in. So yeah. <laughs> we, we had, I think, maybe 70 people before you came in, something like that. Not very many people. And now we're close to 500 and you've welcomed each and every one yeah. of those people in. Yeah. And yeah. then you put posts up with articles and information that you find that you're yeah. constantly putting up there to to encourage and and push people forward 
Yeah, yeah. I'd like to think as well that being visible in the community means that if anybody is struggling, that they, you know, are that they they see that I'm there and they can reach out. And if I can't help, I can hopefully put them in contact with somebody who can. So, you know, that's, again, the idea of the welcome is to give that first point of contact and, you know, know that that person isn't alone. And as I say, you know, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but, you know, if, if I can help, I will. Because, as I say, this is a tough thing we're doing. And, you know, I, I had a tremendous amount of help starting out people you know further along than me encouraging me and it makes sense to give back it really does make sense to give back it's a pleasure to give back it really is and as I say it helps me as well it it you know it reminds me that you know I I have to keep working at this you know if I if I want to maintain it I have to keep working at it a lot of folks say, oh, you know, with, with the time you've got, why are you still doing the Zooms? Why are you still in the community? Well, I'm there because I need to be there to maintain my sobriety. Fluffy, tell us, you're just over three years sober now, right? Yeah, just over three years. Congratulations. Huge. Thank you. Boom. <laughs> Thank you. So tell us how your relationships have changed with your family. Wow. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're wonderful. Luckily, I was able to get sober before we lost my mum. She saw me sober. So that's a good thing. Um, my family, because they knew that my drinking was such a problem, nobody really said anything when they saw me getting sober. I think it was just, well... You know, she's not drinking, so just leave her to it. <laughs> you know, we're not going to ask too many questions. As long as she's not drinking, we're going to leave her to it. So, yeah, my daughter has been a big supporter of me. My husband is a brilliant, brilliant supporter. You know, he's put up with a lot of shit over the years to do with my drinking, but has never given up on me, which is you know, something to be very grateful for. So many people lose their family because of drinking. But, yeah, I'm lucky enough that they are all still with me. I have a really healthy relationship with my grandsons. I've got two now. They are coming up 10 and 7. And I've been sober for... Most of the eldest, no, sorry, I've been sober most of Thomas's life. That's the younger one, Sam, not probably half. I was six six months sober on Sam's sixth birthday. So that, that was a, had a nice ring to it. And then nine months sober on my daughter's birthday. So, you know, if we're looking for signs, there were signs there telling me I was on the right path. But yeah, much better. I suffer with anxiety and depression and panic attacks. And I didn't realise the impact that my drinking was having on my mental health until I stopped. At two months alcohol-free, the panic attacks stopped. 
the panic attacks that I had were de- debilitating. I would get in the car and just, I, I couldn't move. So that, you know, affected my work performance. But again, you know, it's much better now. I'm calmer. I have a a sense of peace. Whereas before I was always on edge and, well, waiting until I could drink, I suppose, because that's, that's all my life was, was, you know, existing from drink to drink because there was no living really. So, yeah, my my health is better. My relationship with my family is better. You know, I was lucky enough to get sober uh, before we lost my mum. I was able to be there for my dad on the morning that my mum died. <clears throat> my family obviously were still worried that I'm, you know, I'm, I might slip. And my cousin is local. And he was on standby. I didn't know this, but he rang my dad and said, was I there? And dad said, yeah, she's here. So, you know, I was I was able to be there for them. So, yeah, I, it's it's phenomenal. It's, and it's little changes, little changes every day. But when you look back, it, you know, it adds up to such a, a big thing. My self-confidence was in my boots when I was drinking. I had no self-confidence. That's coming back. I had no pride in how I looked. You know, I didn't care if I showered. You know, if I wasn't working, I I would be in pyjamas all day, you know, drinking in bed. It was, you know, that was what my life was, drinking. And now, you know, I'm active in the communities you know I'm I'm able to be there for my family yeah it's it's a completely different world my family can trust me now before they couldn't trust me because you know if they needed me and they rang they were never sure whether I would be available or not you know I can say to my dad now with confidence you know if you need me dad ring me and I'll you know I'll be there Whereas I couldn't say that before. In fact, I didn't want people ringing me because it interrupted my drinking. You know, <laughs> you become very, very selfish, very insular when you're drinking. It's just you and that drink. You don't want folks around you because you don't want people asking you about your drinking because we all get very defensive. Because I think, you know, deep down we know what we're doing is 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 wrong you know that you know that we're pushing our family away we're making the wrong choices because we're choosing drink over everything else yeah so so life's life's good at the moment and yeah. i'm assuming there's no more bedpan under the bed no the sick bowl has gone <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean that that was horrendous i, d- I don't know how i dragged my body into work some days i really don't know but yeah none of that anymore none of that and your sleep do you have to sit up holding your husband's hand anymore no more i can i can sleep soundly and not have to worry about that i mean you know and and health wise you know i've had a recent scare with gallstones but i'm just taking it in my stride at the moment i'm pain-free 
I'm not having to take the painkillers. I only take them when I need to. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm enjoying life. I exercise daily now. Exercise was the first thing that went out of my life when drinking became a priority. You know, I, I didn't have time for exercise or looking after myself. You know, it was it was just drinking. That's that's what life was really. So everything that alcohol has taken from you, you're taking back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a great sense of power in taking that back. And again, you know, I'd say to anybody, be proud of what you're doing. Use that pride to motivate you. You know, there's nothing wrong in being proud of yourself. We all struggle to, you know, blow our own trumpets, but we should be. You know, we should be proud and we should be using that to motivate ourselves and to motivate others. So, Fluffy, you're not using a traditional recovery system to stay sober, are you? No, no. AA isn't for me. But I don't dis AA because they, you know, that's all there was for a long time. Without AA, we wouldn't have, boom, rethink the drink. We wouldn't have this naked mind. We wouldn't have I am sober. So, you know, they play a big part and they are a lifeline for a lot of people. No, my, my sober toolbox is community, the Zooms, connection with folks, you know, building those relationships yeah as I say I did the 30-day alcohol experiment which is all about changing your relationship with alcohol changing how you think about it rewiring your 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 brain you know damping down those neuro pathways and rebuilding new ones that don't need alcohol to function so understanding neuroscience has been a huge part, cognitive dissonance, yeah. all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think I think that's I think when we understand some of that and get to grips with it, we can we can see how our subconscious tries to manipulate us and hijack us. Yeah. And I think I think if we're wise to that, we're in a better position to argue with that voice I gave my voice a name pinched it from Bell Robertson so I gave my voice a name and I used to talk to my voice and you know I'm not listening you know you're you're talking a load of rubbish I'm not listening so yeah it is I think if we understand the power of our our own mind you know that's that's it helps with success because you 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 know you're understanding what's happening uh, in your brain and your body so, we talk about that, that voice we're referring to an addict voice yeah. and the addict voice knows you it's been there your whole life it's an entrenched neural pathway like a little gremlin running around in your head knowing which levers to pull push what buttons to push because when we get into those craving modes we can break out sweating it can affect our body our moods our our anxieties so you named your addict voice and you you talked to your addict voice by doing that you were confronting those neural pathways in your brain right yeah yeah 
yeah. I think anything that can can help us understand what's going on in our mind, we can use as a sober tool, we can use to our advantage. And again, you know, community, people with different ideas, picking up ideas from other people, pinching their tools. I'm sure folks are quite happy to share. For those in the States, pinching your tools means stealing your tools. Yes, yes. So you're a sober thief is what you are. Yes, I suppose I am. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy to share mine with, with anybody. I'm, so. I'm a sober thief too. <laughs> if I see something. I think all the good ones are. <laughs> right. If I see something that you have and I like, check your pockets. Yeah, absolutely. And as I say, you know, you can get a lot of, you can get a lot of that from from community you know community the the benefits of community are endless you know friendship you know it's just you know the list is endless the, so you're, the help you're, and support you're growing with us in sober town and we're not going to let you go anywhere you're stuck with us <laughs> you might be wanting to get rid of me <laughs> not not this lifetime and if if anybody wants to you know, get to know Fluffy. She's on the Sobertown Facebook group. She's also over at Boom, Rethink the Drink, a lot over there. And then you're also on IAS. Fluffy, you're just everywhere. Yeah, there's no getting away from me. I'm and, in all the good sober communities. And then but, you you host, how many of the Zooms are you hosting a week? I, I host the Sunday one. I did host the Sunday and the Tuesday one for a while, but We've got two James now. We've got a James 77 that hosts the Tuesday one and James Tim 12 hosting the Thursday one. So, yeah. So, if anybody wants to go into the any of the Sobertown Zooms, just go to SobertownPodcast.com. We actually have six Zooms a week. Two of them are from Rewired that Erica Spiegelman is giving us her curriculum to rewire your brain so we have those mondays and fridays then on thursday stephanie does an art zoom and then we have the three zooms that you were just talking about sober squad one i think they do another five or six zooms a week yeah and then the ladies i shoot they're almost every day of the week aren't they the ladies are i think every day except for tuesday so six days a week yeah, six days a week. I, I think if you look at the calendar, there is at least one Zoom that you could get to, depending on your time zone. So although there's not a ladies on a Tuesday, there is Sober Town and there is Sober Squad. So, you know, there's there's two Zooms. Both of those are mixed gender. So, you know, if you wanted a ladies only, you know. But... I, I like the mixed gender. I think you get a different perspective. If anyone wants any information, you know, find me on Facebook group or I Am Sober. And, you know, if I can find the information for you, I'll happily do that. Fluffy, thank you so much for all you do for all of us. So one last thing, Fluffy, what would you say to the person just getting started? Oh, keep going. Have some faith in yourself. Believe in yourself. If you slip, get back up. Have another go. 
you know, just because, you know, there's not many folks that have one attempt, what I call a one and done. For me, sobriety wasn't like that. Sobriety for me was a few stops and starts. I believe I had to learn how to do this, you know, and the slips were the lessons that I needed to learn. They were bits of the jigsaw puzzle that I didn't have at the time. But, you know, that slip gave me another piece of the puzzle to put in place. So keep going, reach out, find a community. Yeah. Luffy, yeah, you won't regret it. Thank you for coming on and, and sharing this journey of yours. And I just can't wait to see where we're going with, with Silvertown. Our goal is to bring sober communities together too. Luffy, thank you for all you do. And no thank worries. you for telling us your story. And we'll see you over at Silvertown Facebook. You surely will. <laughs> and boom, and boom, rethink the drink. Yep. Have an amazing day. Thank you. Thank you very much.